The following podcast is brought to you by Starbucks Canada. We talked about barriers. For me, that's really, that's a really big deal because as a leader, you can unlock things that your team simply can't. From the Toronto Support Centre, this is Career Passport, a podcast featuring partners across the country, showcasing how they landed in the role they're in today and uncovering the stories behind their career trials and triumphs along the way. I'm your host, Donna Ewan. I'm a partner within the talent acquisition team here at Starbucks. So buckle up your seatbelt as we meet our guest for today. Ferdinand Haida is the Vice President of Operations Services at Starbucks. Often known as Ferd by peers, he started his journey in 2004 as a store manager to pursue more work-life balance as he was raising a young family at the time. Throughout the last 16 years, Ferd has grown into many operational roles, including district manager, regional director, and also had the opportunity to complete a time-limited assignment as the Director of Store Development for Western Canada. Today, we're going to focus on this chapter of his career journey and how he removed barriers for his partners. Hi, Ferd. We are so excited to have you on Career Passport. You've had such a fruitful career journey at Starbucks to date, not to mention that partners light up when your name gets brought up in conversations. Now you're making me blush. (laughs) Today, because you've had a 16-year journey at Starbucks, we really want to focus on your chapter completing a time-limited assignment as the Director of Store Development. And this is because this this role, you were able to remove a lot of barriers for your team, and it's such a critical skill to have. So before we dive into this chapter of yours, can you define what a team barrier is for you. Yeah, sure. If I think about barrier, it's an obstacle that prevents you from moving forward. I would say it's perceived or it's real. So there could be some tangible things that are literally waiting for a permit to allow you to go and start building a store, or it could be perceived there's things organizationally or a mindset that stops you from forward motion. I love that definition. How do you identify barriers that inhibit you or your team members from achieving certain goals? Yeah, I think it's related to the definition. I think the lack of forward motion, the lack of continuous improvement, maybe a a cycle of false starts, like the team progresses to a moment in the plan and then stumbles and maybe getting tripped up at the same point in time. And so part of that is understanding that actually is a barrier is reflection is needed. So it could be self-reflection. Am I the obstacle? Is my attitude of a fixed mindset? Or is it potentially a third perspective? A coach is needed to be observing, you know, kind of what's happened and why it's happened to pick up a pattern or to ask some questions to help maybe unlock why we can't seem to make it over this hurdle or this barrier. Those are all really great observations. Do you have a story to share of when you discovered the importance of being able to remove barriers from your team? In that time-limited assignment, I was sipping from a fire hose because I was an operator now in this world of, of leases, lawyers, construction timelines, and acronyms that I, that I did not understand. One of the challenges that we had before us is reducing the amount of time it would take for us to actually to build a new store. You know, we might think of just the construction side of it, but there is so much work that has to happen before you actually put that shovel in the ground around the negotiations with the landlord and the legal requirements, the back and forth. And so we had an aspirational goal at that time. It was to shave eight weeks off of that timeline. And part of me being new to the team, 
I think the perspective that I brought was, well, how long has it been taking? Because I think we all kind of siloed a little bit to kind of go, okay, construction was trying to think about their role and design was thinking about their role and real estate was thinking about their role and the legal team was thinking about their role. But, you know, what I hope that I added is, well, let's just actually think about how long it actually has been taking and could we map out the last two, three years from start to finish and could we start to see it's eight weeks off of what? Off of 50 weeks, 20 weeks? You know, eight weeks seemed daunting to us at the time. But actually, as we started to saw the data and the collaborative function of the work, we realized that there could be a week there, two weeks there, three weeks there, and it would overlap. And that year, we set records, not only the overall portfolio and how many weeks it took to, to build a store, the average, but also we had some sprint stores that were quite remarkable from start to finish. So, you know, I think is, is to ask questions, what are we trying to accomplish to help understand that? And then as a leader is, what can I do to help? For me at that point was to simply get some more information, put it in front of the team, and then the team collectively was able to find the eight weeks. That's awesome. For partners who don't know too much about store dev, how long does it actually take for a general store to be created? You know, what? what our aspiration uh, that year was to do it in 38 weeks. Oh, wow. So it was previously like 46 to 38. Yeah, yeah. And it getting down to 38. And I think we've even moved it even tighter. It was, again, it was one of those ambitious goals. And uh, the team was brilliant in getting over that hurdle. And again, so there was some perceived obstacles, right? Mindset, maybe, or how we've always done it. And then there was some real obstacles. So we, we needed to work with our ops partners a bit differently. We needed to work with our legal teams a bit differently. So, it, it, you know, I wouldn't want anyone to think it's not real if it's an obstacle that it's just in my mind, it's something that I just have to try harder. It's a combination of both usually in these instances. For sure. As you think about whether it be this role or other roles that you've had, are there certain common barriers that people or teams generally struggle with? How do you help them? Let me talk about individuals first. As a partner, as a person, the lack of self-perception or the lack of awareness of your own words and your actions is a real challenge if you don't bring that to the table. Your ability to course correct, to analyze what you say, the impact of your words, the impact of your actions really can be a barrier that you might have. And so to be able to develop your own warning flags, your own routines, your own mindfulness about what you bring into each and every conversation, each email that you write is really important. So I think the individual can address it first by themselves. You know, that will lead to confidence in who you are, how you've been made, how you've been shaped, your strengths and your weaknesses. It's not a it doesn't become then a personal issue when you face an obstacle. It's just something that you now are going to have to overcome. I think as a team, um, as a team, really important to build relationship with your team. If you're the leader with your team, if you're a peer with your group, you get to get to know your peers. What motivates them? What's their likes? What goes on in their personal life? How was their weekend? Because I think that personal relationship creates personal trust which we always have to be careful about with intent, assuming positive intent. Well, if I know this individual cares for me as a person, first and foremost, then there's personal trust. Add to that the own work ethic. You know, are you meeting your deadlines? Are you actively contributing? Those two things will give people professional trust. And so now people are thinking about the best of your intentions and you've demonstrated ability. And so when faced with an obstacle, a team will look for its members to go, 
how do we get over this obstacle? And we stop reading motive into, hey, it's this and it needs to be this. And we can kind of bring that to the problem to solve. What has been your approach to removing barriers for your team? If you've built that trust in that relationship, super important just to name it. Declare it's a breakdown. You know, breakdown isn't a personal attack, but it's, uh, you know, as we define, like any kind of deviation from the course of action that we wanted to take, right? Distinct from what's wrong and who's to blame. But no, like we were aiming here and we're off track. And I'm just saying we're off track. And so declaring a breakdown kind of rallies people around discovering alternatives, you know, different ways to solve a problem and a desired outcome. So I think that first and foremost, you got to call it. Don't let the elephant kind of sit in the room and everyone leaves and then the discussions happen after it. I think straight talk, that's a part of it. Clear as kind, as Brene Bernard always says. So confront it openly. And, you know, once you kind of shed light on it and you put it in the middle of the table and everyone's looking at it, then I think this next step to me is super important. And it's the idea of circle of control versus circle of concern. And so what can that team control? What are their actions versus concern? It's out of my hands. It's a decision that was made four levels above me. And so I actually can't do anything with that. So circle of concern, what can we do as a team to solve and to remove this barrier? Circle of influence, okay, what can we pull in another, you know, another cross-functional team or someone else to help? Because then we can influence the direction. Let's, let's have some straight talk. Let's shed light on the problem and let's focus on the circle of control. What can we control? For sure. And after you've worked on things that you can control and have had that discussion, how do you know when you've actually successfully removed a barrier? It gets back to forward momentum. We see forward motion. We see success. We continuously improve. It might even cause a breakthrough. So something that it's like dramatic because we've been hitting this wall over and over again. So we'll see new results or it could be the same result. We just got there a lot quicker. Like we didn't have to go on a long journey to get to the same results. You know, I go back to the, there was nothing wrong in one way of how we built stores. We just, we had to just do that quicker. So it wasn't a, a different type of store. So it could just be a, a quicker result. That's a hugely successful. And in, in, in the store dev world, that those were, you know, every day was a store that it wasn't, uh, that could be open or not open. And then I think you have to have joy in the journey. You know, I always say, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. And so if breaking through that barrier, there should be a release. There should be some endorphins, like we got this. That to me signals, all right, we're on. We're picking up pace again until the next obstacle. And then we do it all over again. That's amazing. You've had quite a number of roles. You know, you started as a store manager and now you're a vice president of office services. For those who aren't familiar with what operation services is, can you tell us a little bit about the work that you lead now? Sure, love to. I have the best job on the planet and I have the best team on the planet. First off, my team is former operators. So we've all either been store managers or DMs in company operator license. And so proud honor that we know what it is to wear the green apron. And I think that's a real tenant. Every member of the team is, has done that role. Op services is really like everything that goes into a store. So think about a new beverage, de-escalation training. We've got a new Mistrena 2 that we're rolling out in the store or window clings or signage. Everything goes through the op services team before it goes to the stores. We're heavily involved in supporting teams on that weekly update and the PPKs. Now, I have two distinct teams. So I have the SSA team, works out of Seattle. 
They bring their ops expertise to help consult on and lead work through the lens of the partner wearing the green apron at the end of it. Crystal Shipman, my director, is just fantastic and really helps those cross-functional teams understand what it's going to take to bring it to life in the store. And then I have my field team led by Billy Joe, and they work directly with the field leaders. So the DMs, the RDs, the RVPs in support of the implementation and the execution. Um, and then they also provide really important feedback back into the building on continuous improvements. That is, so we see everything, we touch everything, everything kind of goes through our fingers. And then we try to aspire to make it easier for the barista to do their job, to be excited with every iteration of the next PPK and to really help to make a difference to the partners that wear the green apron. Whether or not COVID related, in your current role, has your approach to removing barriers evolved? What type of barriers are you also removing currently in the op services? Yeah, that's a that is a great question. And I think, you know, part of it is the role of being a VP where you're not as tactically involved in the tools and the resources. It definitely has changed my mindset. And so it's less about my ability to remove an obstacle or to have the right answer to figure that barrier out. And I would say more about influencing cross-functional teams to help my peers in the different teams to help the SSC understand the why behind the work or the problem or the obstacle that we're, we're trying to solve and the impact of the partner in the store. And so for me, it's really to look uh, to my team and go, what's stopping us? And, uh, and then they go send me off in the direction to go talk and influence, to go help understand what is that team trying to do so that we can more effectively yeah, make it easier to be a partner to wear the green apron to give those best moments to customers in the store. So less about doing, much more about influencing and socializing the message and the why behind it. For sure. I actually feel that influencing is a really important skill set to have. Do you have any tips on how to be an effective influencer? Yeah, I think you have to be interested versus interesting. I think you have to have a curiosity and an open mind to understand what that other team is trying to accomplish because they have all the positive intent. We have the same mission and values. We're all operating under those principles to create a vision for what that store experience will be like with the customer. But maybe, you know, the operations isn't maybe their expertise. They're brilliant in other parts of the business. And so, you know, to influence is really to understand their vision for it. And then that We'll create commonality. That's what you're trying to accomplish. Well, let me help you understand how you could bring that to life for a barista that reads that job aid or is in that training session. And so it isn't about kind of getting them to do it our way. It's actually more about co-creating the common goal and influencing maybe the approach to the work or how we might bring that to life. And that's uh, that's exciting to be a part of, to consult and help others, because ultimately, we all want the same goal. We're all on the same team. You know, just to wrap up this episode for today, whether it's related to, you know, removing barriers or career in general, what's a parting piece of advice that you have for partners tuning in? I would say it's not about the destination. It's not about the role, the next job, the next promotion. It really is about having joy in the journey. You know, when we think about career development and that next role, once you kind of let go of what that is, that next, you know, that's going to bring me happiness and joy, but actually seek yourself in the role that you're in to be the best you in this position and to, I think, servant lead. You know, we talked about barriers. For me, that's really, that's a really big deal 
because as a leader, you can unlock things that your team simply can't. And so to be a servant leader, the humble improve, that little saying on the short cup was one of my favorite, you know, understand that the person you can totally impact is you, your behaviors, your words, your actions. And so, you know, once you bring that joy in the day-to-day work, seeing an opportunity to help and support others, um, you know, and then fill your life with people and experiences that bring you joy. And, and it, you know, it's not always positive. It's, you hear setbacks and, you know, I was listening to Shannon's podcast and the feedback, like we all go through that experience, but it's what you do with it. I have a favorite song. Uh, the title is uh, The Shadow Proves the Sunshine. And it's this idea that even in the dark times, even when it is hard, we're just passing through that. There, there is some light at the other side of that shadow. And, and I think you, you have to love what you do now in the moment. And don't feel like that next job is what's going to bring you joy. And the next job or the next promotion or the next project is really what's going to fulfill you. You have to find that now. And that will that will free you from a lot of the self-sabotage that, that we have, a lot of the mentality of, you know, almost like a hockey analogy, you're holding the stick too tight. Have fun. Enjoy what you're doing. Give to others. Open up your heart. See best intent with your peer group, with the teams that you support and enjoy that process, great things are going to happen to you. Great opportunities. There's no want for opportunities and needs in this company and organization to take your career in crazy directions that you never thought at the beginning. And so, yeah, that would be it. And that wraps up this episode of Career Passport. Be sure to like, subscribe, and if you feel up for it, even give us a review. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Donna Ewan, and this is Starbucks Canada Career Passport.